Welcome to the Lincoln Baptist Daily Reading Program. Today is day 252, meaning we're in 2 Kings chapter 20 and 21 and Colossians chapter 1 and the first 23 verses. Now you might be wondering why we're chopping and changing. We finished Micah yesterday and we're all the way back to 2 Kings today. Although we're chopping and changing books and verses, what we're not doing is chopping and changing the journey because we're trying to read through things in a chronological order or as they happened in the Old Testament. So yes, we're flicking backwards and forwards, but not in the journey. In the journey, we're trying to stay true to the timeline and all that happened in that journey. So we head into 2 Kings chapter 20. Now verse 6 suggests that this event took place while Jerusalem was under siege by Assyria. It was bad enough that Judah was in danger, but the king was about to die. Now sometimes it seems that trouble comes in packs. Death is the last enemy we face, and only God can give us victory over death. Hezekiah was delivered because he prayed and he used the means God provided for healing. Believing prayer can move God even to alter things in this universe just to meet our needs. Hezekiah escaped the lion but succumbed to the serpent. He let the enemy know his secrets. Again, it was pride. My house, my treasures, my days. His great victory over Assyria gave him false confidence as he entertained the Babylonians. He mortgaged his people's future by what he did and was thankful the defeat would not come in his own day. You see, your decisions today will affect others tomorrow. And that is why we need to make the right decisions each day. As we move into 2 Kings 21, wicked King Ahaz fathered godly Hezekiah and Hezekiah fathered evil King Manasseh, whom the Lord allowed to reign for 55 years. King Manasseh was the father of the godly King Josiah. Manasseh began his reign doing evil, but at the end of his life, he repented. Josiah sought the Lord early in his life, but closed his life disobeying God. God's ways are not our ways. He is free to work as he chooses. People who claim to see clear patterns in history or who lock divine providence into a fixed formula must keep this in mind. God punishes the disobedient and vindicates his people, but not always in the way or at the time that we expect. Sometimes God permits evil men to rule so that he may test his people or chasten them. We sometimes can do very little about the world affairs, but we can pray for persons in authority and be faithful to obey God. So even when you look out at the plan of God and you scratch your heads and wonder, what is God doing here? This doesn't seem right. Know that the all-powerful God is still very much in control. We head now into our New Testament reading into Colossians and Epaphras, one of Paul's converts, founded this church in Colossae. Now, interestingly, Paul had never been personally to the church in Colossae because while he was imprisoned in Rome, Paul was the one that heard about the false doctrines being introduced in the church. So he wrote this letter to warn the believers to establish their faith, not in these false doctrines, but in Christ Jesus. As he writes in Colossians 1, these people were going to heaven if they placed their hope in Christ. They had heard the word and trusted the Saviour and they had given evidence of their faith by their love for God and God's people. It was God that qualified them. They did not save themselves. But hope is a foundation on which you can stand when all around you is shaking. The city of Colossae was located in an earthquake area, so Paul's admonishment was especially meaningful to them. The false teachers wanted the saints to shift their foundation, but Paul pointed the church to Jesus Christ, Saviour, Eternal God, Creator and Head of the Church. He is the one that we're to place our faith in. 
And Colossians chapter 1 is really one of my favourite passages because it reminds us of a simple truth. Christ Jesus is preeminent over all things. He is supreme. He is in control. He is over all things. Jesus is at the centre. That's a wonderful hope to place our lives in because what it means is that we are loving, serving and following not a dead God, not a semi-God, demi-God. We are following the one true and only God who is preeminent over all things. For me, that encourages me, that spurs me on, that gets me up in the morning to know that I get to call Jesus friend, the one that is preeminent over all things. Let's pray. Father, indeed, we do pray that we would be uh, Christ-centred as individuals, that we would follow you, that we would love you and serve you. Father, we do indeed pray that as we live for you, that we would not be captured by the temptation to sin, but instead we would be on that rock-solid foundation of Jesus Christ. Let that be so in our lives today, we pray. Amen. <laughs>